Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. Personal Finance brought to you by Liberty, your financial partner on however and whenever you picture your retirement. You can live it your way. Hashtag in it with you. Liberty Group is an authorised FSP. T's and C's apply. Warren Ingram, personal financial advisor, executive director at Galileo Capital. Let's talk about dividends because, I mean, South Africa is sitting on a dividend yield. In other words, if you put 100 rand into the stock market, you should get three rand a year in dividends because we've got a dividend yield of about 3%. And you go, well, that's not really money. I mean, I can put money into a fixed deposit and get 4%. So why would I care about dividends? Explain. It's such a um, it's such a timeless question, uh, considering the the interview you did a bit earlier with with the CEO of Afrimat, and I, I was looking at a tweet from David Shapiro today where he says uh, Afrimat's annual compound growth rate, including dividends, has gone up by thirty two percent a year for the last ten years. So so compare that to something like uh, Naspers. Has gone up 28% a year, or Capitec at 25% a year. Uh, interesting thing about Naspers, they don't pay dividends. And then for all the gold fans out there, which you know, as we know, gold doesn't pay a dividend. That's done 9% a year. So when you find a company that that has a good ability to generate dividends, uh, it it has a huge impact on on the ability for you as an investor to to get some decent growth on your money by just staying invested. And as you earn those dividends, pay them back and put it by those, you know, buy more of the same shares over and over and again. Uh, and I mean, I, I, I want to caution people not to now believe that Afrimat's going to give us another 32% a year for the next decade. I'm not saying that. It's just here's a company that has a good ability to generate good dividends and patient investors have seen their money double, you know, every two and a quarter years by just sticking it out, you know, and 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 I think that you know that's really the power of 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 dividends in a situation like this is we get so like focused on the stock market going up or down and we panic and we we sell when the market's gone down and then we get you know over overly excited because the market's gone up so we start to buy again and all of that trading means that we're not earning dividends uh, and so when you're out of the the, the market and and u- using your example you know, if you just look at the JSE you're probably going to get uh, around 600,000 Rand uh, uh, from, from your 100,000 Rand investment if you stay invested for, for a longish period of time. And I'm, I'm thinking 20 years um, if you don't reinvest the dividends. But but invest the dividends and you're getting somewhere around a million Rand. So, so that difference is enormous. And all you've done is earn the dividend, reinvest it and, and just stay the course. It's an absolutely powerful part of, of investing in shares. And I think it's something that we, we miss a lot as investors because we, we talk about you know, the, the timing the market and you know, buying and selling at the wrong times. But, but the point here is dividends is the, you know, the secret silent assassin in this whole thing. I mean, it, it goes, to, there, are a couple of, there are a couple of really important points here. If you go and pay uh, 100 Rand for a share that falls to 50 Rand, uh, your dividend yield is going to be lower than somebody who paid 50 rand of a share that went to 100 rand um, and their dividends grow over time. The cheaper you can buy a share, and this is again why the price you pay is so important, because not only do you want the capital appreciation of the share from 50 to 100, but you also want to be buying a, a share with a dividend yield of 4% at 50 rand and watching the share price appreciate and watching that, that dividend grow every year. Suddenly, at 50 rand, you know, five or 10 years time, 
that company might be paying a dividend of 10 or 20 rand a year. And suddenly your dividend yield on what you paid is sitting at 20 or 40% based on the fact that you paid a low price for a share that continues to grow its dividend payments over time. And that's really powerful. Uh, absolutely. And, and I think, you, you know, that's the thing to understand about, uh, about dividends is that they're not static like interest rates. So if you've got 100,000 rand, and and your dividend is paying you know at a yield of four percent. So so you're earning you know you're earning your 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 four thousand rand. You know understand that if that company is growing itself. So if it is it's not not just the share price, but if the company itself is growing, um, increasing profits and you know doing its job fairly well, th- that means that it, it might be only paying you a dividend yield of three point eight percent next year. But it it could be a much bigger number. You know instead of being four thousand rand, it could be six or seven thousand rand. And as you say, it doesn't take long if you stay invested to to suddenly see that that income in rand terms actually just rocketing and and maybe even paying for the price of the share that you you you've bought, and, and I think that that's the, the the key here is you know to look at this and to say to yourself, wow, you know that that first four thousand rand that I earned from the share was really nice. Let me go and you know spend it on on you know a bunch of coffees or whatever the deal. You, you're missing out on the ability to almost double your money over a longish period of time. And and that's you know that's so powerful, and, and I also think you know if we talk about the JSC you know at, at a dividend yield of three percent, what's interesting about that is it's actually a fairly consistent number. If we go back probably you know again twenty years, it probably wasn't far off that that same yield. But but if we look at what the value was of the JSC twenty years ago, and I should have checked that before because uh, Murphy will mess with me now, and it's pro- probably exactly the same. I know it's not, but 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 the point is. Your, your money really is going to, you know, grow in terms of value and percentage over that period of time. And you've done nothing, you know, super smart other, other than buy an index you know, and, and just let it grow and then reinvest the dividends. It's not like you had to go and choose, you know, the one share that's going to beat every other share in, in, in the market. However, I mean, if you want to go back 20 years, I'll play the 20-year game with you. Um, I remember a share that 20 years ago was at about 78 cents. Um, That share today was at 1,668 rand. Okay, so you've had a good capital appreciation out of Capitec. Now, if you had bought that Capitec share at 78 cents and you'd um, held your, um, and you'd kept your nerve um, during all of the various crises that we faced and um, through all of the reports, negative reports that have been written about Capitec, not only have you seen capital appreciation from, let's keep it simple, from one rand to 1,600 rand, but you've also seen the dividend go from whatever it was 20 years ago as a fraction of the value of 78 cents a share the last dividend that was paid, and that was in April this year, was 16 rand a year a, a share um, as a final dividend. So 16 rand um, as, as, after uh, over you know for a share that you paid 78 cents or a rand for uh, 20 years ago, and that's the power of of, of growth and profitability within a business. Um, uh, you know, and and that's the real power of this thing: the growth in not only capital but also the growth in the value of dividends over time is massively, massively powerful. And, and so, you know, so to, to people listening and saying, you know, so what we're talking about the last 20 years, that's never going to happen in the next 20 years. You're, you're right. Whatever happened in the last 20 years, that, that movie won't repeat itself exactly. But, but, but it's amazing how many times the movie, um, you know, plays a similar theme and, and, and delivers a similar story. And I think that's the the, the, the the thing to understand is we probably won't see NASPERS, you know, doing what it did over the last 20 years, but it'll be something else. 
it'll be another company. And, you know, 20 years ago, you know, convincing people that Capitec would become a banking powerhouse in South Africa, I mean, you probably would have been carted out in a, in a wheelbarrow as a joke. Uh, and 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 the thing here to understand is, you know, there are going to be new companies that will come in and and start to dominate their sector or their segment, and and deliver future growth. So so you know, don't be despondent that because we're talking about you know companies that have delivered fantastic returns in the last two decades or last decade even that that there won't be new ones. There will always be new companies with new entrepreneurs, you know, finding new ways to to, to deliver a good growth. And, and as you say, those reinvesting of those dividends. So, so, I mean, you know, to someone listening, I just want to say you, you've actually got to stay the course in, in all of this. We're, we're going to get scared again. You know, we're going to hear new bad news in the future, whether it's global or local, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. There are going to be so many reasons to jump out of the stock market because we're afraid of something. And the point is the people that haven't done that, the people that have just stuck it out through the good times and the bad, they're the ones earning the fantastic returns, both from from dividends and capital growth. And that's the secret here is you've got to stay invested to earn the dividends and and then benefit from these wonderful entrepreneurs delivering, delivering fantastic results. There are times when even reliable dividend payers, however, don't pay dividends. I mean, Anglo-American got hate was, was the subject of vitriol and hatred probably 10 years ago um, when they'd spent too much on buying dodgy iron ore mines in, in, in Latin America um, and they, they were at risk of going bankrupt. And so they suspended dividends. And that was like the first time in 100 years that they'd done that. Um, and, and people just had vitriol because there was such a heavy dependence on dividends. Last year, none of the banks paid a dividend because the Reserve Bank had said, please, will you look after your capital and don't pay a dividend. You can pay another dividend next year, you know, provided we all survive and live and don't all die of COVID and the economy doesn't fall in a complete heap, then you can reinstate later. But for now, banks, please, for the stability of the banking se- sector, yeah, don't pay a dividend this year. And they didn't. So, I mean, this is, isn't absolutely guaranteed, but good businesses that are profitable and are sustainably profitable like to pay out dividends. They are cash back to investors. And as Warren says, you reinvest these dividends over time. It's like um, uh, money babies. I've heard it described as, um, and, and you grow your family in, in this particular sense. It's really, really, really powerful. But also, Warren, word of caution, don't fall for the line. And I just remember so many people falling as African Bank was going down, the African Bank Investments Limited was going down the toilet, the former holding company of African Bank. Um, the dividend yield went from 5% to 6% to 7% to 8%. People going, oh, it's 10% dividend yield. This is an absolute sitting duck. We've got to buy African Bank shares. And then you lost your shirt so be careful on the other side of that when it starts becoming just a little bit too good to be true absolutely and i think you know there are two messages there one if you are going to buy individual shares you have to do your homework you have to understand the company that you're buying you know and not just buy it on the performance of the share or or just the you know one metric like a dividend yield you you have to understand a lot more about the business than that and secondly you are going to make mistakes. You know, the very best fund managers out there, you, you know, they're really thrilled if, if, if they're right 50, you know, 55 to 60% of the time. So, so what that means is you can't just invest all of your money in one or two shares. You're going to need to buy at least sort of 10 to 12 so that if you get a bad year on a dividend or one of the shares that you own blows up, you, you're not going to be taken out and, 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 as you say, lose your shirt. You know, it will be a loss, but, but hopefully made, more than made up for by, by the other shares that you own. Or, you know, okay. buy the index.
We're going to be in trouble with Kate because Kate has asked us a question and she's demanding an answer. And I'd like that answer from you in a moment, Warren. Um, give you a moment to think about it. Um, recently, Warren briefly mentioned, there's a criticism, uh, investment companies and how they are different to unit trusts. Can you please ask him to explain this more? Are they a good option for private investors? Kate, what a good question. That is the question to Warren. He will answer it, I hope, in a moment. The Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. So, Warren Ingram, investment companies versus unit trusts. Kate would like an explanation, please, and whether or not these are a good option for people like her, private investors. Uh, th- thanks, thanks, Kate, for the question. And sorry it was brief last time. Let's let's try and uh, help. Well, hurry up. Come on. We don't have time here, Warren. Come on, come on. <laughs> Be brief. So, so, so the thing about uh, a unit trust is it, it is an investment where, where a bunch of different investors put all their money together and that money as a, as a collective or as a pool then gets used by fund managers to go and buy you know, a range of different companies or bonds or properties, wh- wh- whatever it is that the unit trust is, is aiming to do. And when a new investor wants to go into a unit trust, what happens is the unit trust will issue more units to that investor. And, and so, so that means that uh, it, it's what they call an open-ended company because the, the, the amount of money in that, um, in that unit trust will never stand still if, if there are investors who are putting money in or, or, for example, if they take out. Because if they take out, what will happen is the, 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 they will actually sell units and the unit trust itself will pay out money to the, the investor who has sold. So, so it means that uh, with an open-ended investment like a unit trust, there is no control over what exactly what's going to be inside that fund on on any one day, and, and so when markets are rising and and if the fund itself is is doing particularly well relative to everybody else, there might be lots of investors piling into that unit trust at that time. And similarly, if the markets are falling or the unit trust is doing badly compared to its peers, you might find people uh, is just selling out of that fund almost at any price, and and that can have a lot of unintended consequences for the fund manager. So, so the difference is then if you look at an investment company, it's also a business that's listed on a stock exchange. But, but what happens is it will list, and let's just say it lists on the 1st of June you know, next, next week, that, that it might then raise 500 million rand from, from investors who will then own the shares in the company. But when they decide to, to sell their shares, it's not going to be the company that gives them the money back and then, and then buys those shares back. What will happen is it will be need to be someone else on the stock exchange who decides to buy those shares from that investor. So it means that that investment money that was in there at the start, that 500 million rand, might grow with, with the performance of the underlying investments, but it won't shrink or rise because of new money from outside investors okay. on, on, on an ad hoc basis. So, so is it a good option? Is it a, is it a good option for a Kate? I mean, does one offer more protections than the other in a minute? Not that I'm rushing you or keeping you brief. Okay, I'll um, be brief. Uh, so, so I do like them. I think that uh, they're unfortunately there are not many uh, high quality ones. In fact, no high quality ones in South Africa. So they are invested overseas. Uh, they are mainly on the London Stock Exchange uh, and, and the US. And they are good for private investors, not good for big pension funds and big managers because th- these are actually were really designed for private investors. So yes, I, I think they are. Obviously, you have to do your homework. There are hundreds of them, not all high quality, but but the, but the good ones uh, can deliver good returns for for private investors. And then a quick question for you: uh, I'd like a, a word of the week, a phrase of the week. Outperformance. What is outperformance? It seems like easy one. What is it? 
one of my pet peeves from fund managers. So, so they'll say, you know, we, we've delivered outperformance uh, because we, we've delivered growth that was, you know, more than the, the Johannesburg Stock Exchange. So we have outperformed the, the, the JSE. The, the, the fact that the JSE might have lost 50% and, and the fund manager only lost 40%, they're going to say we delivered outperformance of, of 10%. Uh, so, so horrible phrase, but, uh, but but that's what it means. It means you're, you're beating a particular benchmark uh, set by usually by the fund manager for their own fund. Uh, I'm going to be getting into time trouble here, but the trouble is often they say better than our benchmark or our benchmark, and often the benchmark isn't clear. You've got to really understand what the benchmark is, surely, before you can start accepting whether or not they really are outperforming. Exactly. And, and a lot of these fund managers in South Africa will craft a benchmark themselves. So they'll say, this is our, our you know, our peers, we, we've done better than our peers. Uh, and, and, you know, off we go. And, and I think they missed the point that a private investor doesn't say, well, how did you do relative to your peers? They'll say, how did I do relative to cash in the bank? Or, you know, how did I do relative to the bond market, you know, where, where I could have got a more sure return? So, so I think these benchmarks are, are kind of a fiction, you know, frankly, a lot of the time for fund managers to make themselves look good. Warren Ingram with Galileo Capital, uncompromising, not pulling any punches. Thank you, Warren Ingram, on a Thursday night. Retirement should be on your terms, whether you're looking forward to adventuring, entrepreneurship, or making time for relationships that matter. However, you envisage it or envision it. Uh, being able to retire your way takes planning and commitment from saving, investing, and protecting yourself against risks. Liberty partners with you to get retirement ready. Speak to financial advisors today to achieve the financial independence to live your ideal retirement. Hashtag retire my way. Hashtag in it with you. Liberty Group is an insurer and an authorized FSB. T's and C's apply.